Soul. My name is Andrew. And my name is Brian. Welcome back, everybody. We are so excited to have you listen today. We have a special guest with us who will make a brief appearance. His name is Big Red. He is our new audio engineer. The two have now become three. <laughs> we are excited to have him as part of the team. He is a hardworking, knowledgeable audio engineer. I've known him for a long time. He is a good friend of mine. I've trusted him. And uh, he now works part-time slash full-time for us all. He does not receive benefits. No, we do not pay <laughs> him health care. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no uh, no COVID leave. Sorry. No. You, Big you. Red? How's it going? How's it going? Uh, it's good to hear your voice over the microphone, Big Red. All right. Welcome to the team. We just wanted to have everyone say thank you for your hard work and for your time. We appreciate it. And this podcast is not the same without you. No, it is not. It's great to have you apart. Is there anything that you want to say to the people as your mission or just give a hello to anyone? I uh, just want to give a shout to all of you who listen. The listeners make the show. You guys are important to this show. Like and subscribe. It really does make a difference. And yes. be apart. Uh, well, welcome to the show. Uh, Big Red, we're very, very glad to have you here. Yes. Well, if you also do love this show and you love Jesus, I would highly suggest you share this on your Instagram story, share this wherever you go, like and subscribe, because it puts us out there, and that's one more person that we could impact or help impact or lead to Christ. If we change one person's day or one person's life, this entire podcast is more than worth it, and we are so thankful for this unique opportunity. I never thought it would get this big, and it's just already exceeding any and all of my dreams, and I'm so thankful for this chance. Yeah, we are rapidly upgrading. Yes, it's incredible. We went from a single microphone in a bedroom to now a multi-functioning large podcast. This is incredible. We're it so excited. Wow. We would also like to apologize for the technical difficulties on Spotify. Uh, that was kind of like a team problem that we were having and just some sign-in difficulties, but it is all fixed now, and hopefully by the time you're listening to this, it will probably be on Spotify, correct? Correct! Sweet. <laughs> That's great. We appreciate your patience, and it's so good to say something is actually fixed instead of just yes. like, we'll get to it. Yep. It's like, nope, it's done. It's all, done now. All good, settled, and RIP to problems. All right. <laughs> All right, let's get this episode started with some big news. Big, big, big news. We're talking huge. We're talking one game to rule them all. Uh, none of you people voted, which greatly upsets the grandmaster, yeah. the grand poobah, me, Andrew. And uh, because of this, uh, no gift card for you. Much no. like no soup. No, <laughs> no gift card for you. <laughs> no soup for you. <laughs> gift card Nazi. So we have the Los Angeles Rams with a score of 23 to the Bengals with a score of 20. That means Matthew Stafford finally won a Super Bowl, everybody. Isn't that exciting? We Michiganders can raise our hands and cheer in unison for a man who has served his football well. There's a meme on <laughs> it's, uh, <laughs> Instagram has this meme page. It's NFL memes. Okay. And it was a banner in Ford Field that said, our old quarterback won a Super Bowl. <laughs> and it was a banner hanging up in the That's stadium. Great. It was I so funny. That. The other one was, this is as close as Detroit is going to get to a Super Bowl. <laughs> one guy. <laughs> one guy. He holds it up in victory. <laughs> it was It was not the best game, though. I'm not going to lie. It was the most of the game was so boring until that last like minute. Yep. And I was like, oh, my word, there. Wait, they're uh, yep. they did it. They and did I was it. Shocked. I yeah. thought there was no way they're gonna make any advancements at all. Yeah. And that final sack when he fumbled the ball and he could not catch it, I was thrilled. Yep. We were so excited. Oh, it was so exciting. It was great. It defensively was like a really exciting game. Like yeah. both defenses showed out and were stopping like crazy. Mm -hmm. The Rams couldn't run the ball. Mm -hmm. and the Bengals couldn't pass the ball. <laughs> exactly. So, I mean, it was just like an on-and-off battle, and Matthew Stafford is fourth-quarter king. Uh, he so such a he good came job. in clutch, and that was just, yeah, it was awesome to see a old Detroity win the Super Bowl. So what about that loss of control when he was preparing to do the kick? the field goal oh, I can't believe it I've never seen that before where he Idiots. just completely lost grip it was like oh got it okay now I'm just gonna yeah. let go like what was he doing yeah I was like I would not trust him again <laughs> <laughs> we, we gotta kick a field goal get a different holder out there he walked out there with one name and came back with a nickname Butterfingers <laughs> Butterfingers <laughs> no one lays a finger on your Butterfinger <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, I love that. That's so funny. <laughs> That's pretty good. Okay, uh, question, Brian. Here we Go were. For it. Okay, so when we were over here at my house, we were celebrating the Super Bowl, and I was looking up what each person who performed at the Super Bowl halftime show. Uh, at each person's birth year. So I was going around the room like, okay, Aaron, what, you know, who performed at your Super Bowl? And it turned out every single person, except my dad, because he was actually born before the Super Bowl actually ever took place. Um, and so I was, he was like, oh, I don't have a year. But anyway, uh, everyone else had a super interesting performance. So my mom, when she was born, two uh, college bands came and played, and then someone flew off in a hot air balloon. So that was really cool. That was an interesting, interesting. Super Bowl. For uh, okay, so f- what year were you born, Brian? Two thousand one. Oh, two thousand one. Okay, so I'm gonna take a quick look here. Uh, Super Bowl. Okay, so for your Super Bowl, just in case you should know, uh, the champion was the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, isn't let's that go. interesting? Okay, so the Ravens defeated the New York Giants thirty-four to seven. Ray Lewis played. Yeah. Oh yeah. So I want to know the halftime show. So, 2001, the Super Bowl halftime show, was Britney Spears and Aerosmith. Wow. Aerosmith and Britney Spears. Wow. That's, that's insane. Super cool. Britney Spears is old. It was co- The show was called The Kings of Rock and Pop. Oh, hmm. and NSYNC. Wow. Wow. Had, oh, my. Oh, wow. Okay. It just keeps going. I, I didn't even realize that this had a my more button. epic. Okay, excuse me. I I made a small mistake. Oh. It's Aerosmith, In Sync, Mary J. Blige, Nelly, Britney Spears, Tremors featuring the Earthquake Horns. Good wow, grief! That's a you lot had a, of people. You had a lot. It was in Tampa, Florida. Wow. Wow. That's so cool. Hmm. Okay. So for my year, while I'm looking that up, you were born in nineteen ninety-seven. Okay. Yeah. So for mine, I had Luther Vandross. Uh okay, let me see. Let me so I can get them all because it was Britney quite Spears. A list. You're old. If you're listening to this, you're old. I'm sorry. Okay, so you're for my my year, the champion was the Green Bay Packers for in the Caesar Superdrum. Boo. So so, it, <laughs> so for mine, it was Luther Vandross, the Blues Brothers, James Brown, and ZZ Top. Nice. Oh yeah. So that was mine. Wow. And then my brother Aaron, uh, he was a 2002 baby. So. That one was the St. Louis Rams in the national championships played the Patriots. Twenty. That was 17. the last time. That was the last time the Rams won the Super Bowl. Well, that yeah. Or well, they actually lost. That went year. to the Super Bowl. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sorry. And the halftime show was U two. Hmm. Interesting. And the person who sang the national anthem was Mariah Carey. Nice. If you'll remember that. <laughs> and Mariah then Carey. finally, Adam, my other brother. He was 2007 halftime show, and that year it was – okay, I'll, I'll give you two guesses. Who do you think it was? Out of any of the people who you know, who do you think it was? It's considered by many to be the greatest halftime show ever. Lots Can you give me a hint on the person? Um, okay. Uh, let's do um, an old movie, Singing in the Rain. No. That <laughs> artist would help. be Prince. Prince. Yeah. And he performed oh. Purple Rain, and it was actually raining. Oh. Yeah. Interesting. No wonder they would think it's the greatest Super Bowl ever. <laughs> <laughs> Super Bowl halftime show. Yeah. I heard I heard this year was, was really good. I actually yeah. didn't watch the halftime show. I was out uh, shooting hoops in my barn. Okay. Um, But I heard it, it was Eminem, Snoop Dogg, 50 Cent, and... Mary J. Blige. Mary J. Blige. Yeah. And Dr. Dr. Did you say Dr. Oh, Dre? Oh, and Dr. Dre, yeah. yeah Dr. Dre. I heard, like, it was really, really good. And Snoop Dogg and, was it Dr. Dre performed most of the time? Uh-huh. They had, it was really interesting because afterward I read that they actually broke their word multiple times during their, their performance. So, and also Eminem was there. Yeah. So they did not want Eminem to kneel during the halftime show because they were concerned about drawing controversy with Colin Kaepernick. But he did, like right after he finished performing, he just kneeled straight down, and he kneeled for probably probably a good 45, 50 seconds. Oh, my goodness. And then uh, they were also really worried because Snoop Dogg is actually a part of the Crips gang, as you know. Yeah. And so he came out, and they told him, they said, do not do anything to affiliate yourself with the Crips gang. And he came out wearing a literal outfit made of blue bandanas <laughs> and Crip walk <laughs> across the entire <laughs> stage. Yeah. 
as Dre's over there. Dun, 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 Still Snoop Dogg and D.I.E. Guess who's <laughs> back? Dun, 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 and the entire back Snoop. again. Right. And I was like, oh, my goodness. So, of course, he does that. Well, anyway, to be honest, I think that's better than the last two years that it was done. The uh, one year it was Shakira and J-Lo half naked on stage ugh, shaking yes. their buns until they fall off. <laughs> and then you've got The weekend, who's, like, lost in this house of mirrors. Yes. it was. I kind of felt bad. I mean, I'm not a huge of The weekend fan, but I actually kind of felt bad. I like The weekend Because he... Um, he actually donated almost all the funds for the show himself, and it's like no one really seemed to like it, and so I kind of felt bad for yeah. him. It was like he put a lot of effort into that. Well, he put a lot of money into it. Yeah, and the, and at the end it was like nobody really watched the Super Bowl because they were just freaked out about COVID, and so it was yeah. just kind of he kind of got lost in the shuffle, and it was yeah. really unfortunate. So I just kind of felt like, man, that's un- that's it, too bad. It does kind of suck, but honestly, if you're gonna put the money into it, then your show better be epic because right. his his concerts are really good. Yeah, yeah, his halftime show just was not good. Yeah. They had um, when ZZ Top performed in my ear because I actually watched it to see what they did. They come flying down the field driving their like 1937 red hot rod that they smoked out and it had ZZ written in pinstripes on the side. They hop out, run on stage and start playing their guitars. Oh, it's so great. That's so cool. Everybody coming round a shop dress man. And it was so good. I was like, that is a great show. But one of my favorites is Bruno Mars. When he performed as Twenty Four Carat, and he did, he wore the all blacked out outfit with the gigantic '80s rope gold yep. chains. Da 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 da. This here for that white gold, and he starts doing this little dance move and yep. everything. I was like, "Ooh, that boy fly!" Yeah, <laughs> Bruno Mars is a stylish guy. He is. Comes out oh. there with the big old sunglasses and everything. Yeah. Have you ever um, heard his song "Uptown Funk"? Oh my word! Yeah, I love that song. <laughs> that song's great. Yes. Uptown uh, funk you up. Like the really cool um, vocoder style of singing. Funky. <laughs> Mr. Talkbox. Do you know what Mr. Talkbox is? No, I don't. Oh, you don't? Okay, so he is a Christian artist, and he plays uh, a musical instrument called the Talkbox. He was the He's the guy who worked with Toby Mac on some of his songs, and he did like the whole like uh, in- cool intro music for him and stuff like oh, that. Oh, cool. So, anyway, so he does that kind of stuff, too. Nice. He plays funk music. Nice. Yeah. One thing that I wanted to get into with you tonight was basically talking about the differences in importance of evangelism versus discipleship. I know that's kind of a broad topic, but the reason that we were discussing this was because yesterday I was with a friend of mine, and she and I were talking about how important it is that we get out and minister to the people. I think that we need to set our attention and set our focus on evangelism because as a Christian, every time that I've ever been out in the world, I've actually never been asked if I was a Christian before and I and I just kind of find that concerning especially here in the United States that I've never been asked by anyone if I was saved or if I was a Christian one time uh, when we were back in Alaska we had some people who were the Seventh-day Adventists come to our house and ask if we were and that was one time and I've never been asked that before and I was like I wonder why people aren't really focused on the evangelism and the evangelization of the world. I think that perhaps we've fallen a little bit and become a little bit too comfortable because we value how people view us and we value what people think. And so it just kind of was concerning me a little bit. But then, Brian, you brought up this alternate view on this topic. Well, I guess, like, so evangelism is, like, really... What is evangelism? That's, like, the real question. Is it, like, you going with a group of people and, like, you're talking to large groups? Or is it me at work talking to someone about my faith and like explaining my faith to them and sharing the gospel with them like is that evangelism or is that just sharing the gospel uh well i think we probably should do a little we should research. do a little definition research okay so how about i while you continue sharing why you think that that's important i'll, I'll look it up and we'll figure out the differences so the reason why i think like there's there's like a huge different not a huge difference but there's a difference between evangelism and uh discipleship is because so so many times evangelism is considered like more important i feel like in today's day and age and like christian society is like if you don't go out and share the gospel like are you really being a christian it's like Mm -hmm. well some people are called to discipleship and disciple other people so that way they can be better equipped and that they're not just like off running the christian faith on their own okay so um I think it's important to view them as both like very and value them as both very important. It is very important to disciple others and it's very important 
for people to go out and share the gospel. But right. some people are called differently. Yeah. Um, just according to what I can find right now, uh, it, it actually turns out you were right on both terms. Uh, evangelism is the spreading of the Christian gospel by public preaching or by personal witness. Either goes for either is ap- applicable to this word. Discipleship is intentionally equipping believers with the word of God through accountable relationships through the empowerment of the Holy Spirit in order to replicate faithful followers of Christ. Yeah. Interesting. So that's kind of a perfect way of sticking through that. Yeah. So obviously uh, this is not like a real argument because both sides are very important to the church and to relationships uh, all around. But it's just kind of interesting to see that perhaps we should be focused more on both Maybe our problem is that we're focused on just church attendance yeah. instead of discipleship or evangelism. Maybe, maybe even just like looking back through history or something, it made you more respectable and taken more seriously if yeah. you were a church attender, but now it's not considered important. Um, if you're a man of faith, sometimes it's actually considered more detrimental because especially if you're in business or if you're in maybe, let's say, a, a public or relationship job if you're like in the government or something if you were a man of faith you're actually made fun of for that and you're actually like well how can we take your opinion seriously you believe in something that you can't even you know show scientifically Hmm. and so it's interesting to see that societal change in the swing of actually it's more detrimental to your uh, basically just like public persona to be a church attender than not yeah I I was thinking about this like just now why not combine the two? Discipleship you know I mean? and evangelism. Discipleship and evangelism. Because mm-hmm. when you evangelize, okay, you just shared the gospel with someone, and if someone accepts the gospel, then why not disciple that person? Mm-hmm. Why, why, like, just be like, okay, here you go. Now, bye. Like, here's some resources. Bye. Yeah. Like, why not? Why not be more intentional with it? Mm-hmm. Because we can get so caught up in the moment of like. Oh, I gotta! I just gotta keep sharing and keep sharing and keep sharing and keep sharing. It's like, well, look at Pastor Dwayne, like our our pastor. He is evangelizing because there are some people who come to church who don't know the Lord. Every week, there are people who give their lives to the Lord, and he's evangelizing. But then after that, he's also discipling, like he's sharing the word with with these people. And I think so many times we just draw away from both of them, like you you split them in half. Like, why not do both? Yeah. That's like me going to youth. and I volunteer at our church's youth. I volunteer with our youth ministry. That's like me going to the youth ministry and evangelizing to this kid, like sharing the gospel with this kid. Like, Jesus loves you so much. He doesn't care what you've done. And like that kid's like, okay, I want to give my life to the Lord. And then I'm just like, okay, I'm going to go on to the next kid now. Like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to help this, this young child this young kid run this race alone right like i'm the one who shared the gospel with him why can't i be the one to help him grow in that like ultimately he has to put in the work and the effort but i can be there to disciple him and help him grow Mm -hmm. why not combine the two why do we why do we separate it well i think that it's really important and kind of the interesting thing that i was thinking about as you were talking was that's kind of what a pastor is called to do he's called to be the middleman between evangelizing and discipleship at the same time because he is a proclaimer of the word he does go out every week he stands on a podium and in our pastor's case in front of literally thousands and thousands of people and talks about god but he's also responsible for during the week to teaching a class it's in, or having a personal Bible study. That's really fascinating. I think that we're all, we get intimidated when we see large roles like that or big jobs where we think, oh my word, like I could never do that. Well, you know, maybe you're not called to do that, but you yeah. are called to share what you do know and to use what you have been given the best way that you can. Yeah. You know, and there's a verse in it right here uh, and it says, uh, this is in Ephesians four eleven through 16. I'm sure many of you are familiar with it. It says, He gave some apostles and some prophets and to some evangelists and to some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, and for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God into a perfect man, into the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we will no longer be more ch- mere children tossed to and fro and be carried about with every wind by doctrine, 
Now that's interesting. Yeah. Because people can get changed so quickly by uh, by someone posing a question that seems to denounce what they believed previously. And then it continues on, whereby they lay in wait to deceive, but speaking the truth in love may grow up into him all things, which is the head, Christ. Yeah, I think ultimately when when you put it all together, you're not doing it for yourself, so get over yourself. Don't don't evangelize and be like, I'm doing this great thing, and like, I'm 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 like such a good Christian, and because a lot of evangelists can get like that, and oh, yeah. I'm not condemning them or like saying that I'm any better of a person. I'm not. So, Absolutely. but um, from my experience, like I did evangelism this past summer. And I might do it again this summer. I'm not sure yet. I'm not sure if the Lord is calling me to do that. Um, but I just remember, like, I was so not focused on myself. And I was just like, I just want people to know and to experience the things that I have experienced with mm-hmm. the Lord. Like, that's yeah. just genuinely what I wanted. Yeah. So, um, and I know that people can. It's just whether you want to accept that or not. And I wasn't trying to force anything on anyone, but I did also go back to like other people and I'm like, Oh, you don't evangelize. Like you're a terrible Christian or like, I'm better than you. Like, no, that's not, that's, that's not what it is. <laughs> so, again, some people are called to evangelize and some people are just called to disciple and that's okay. That's right. We all have our different callings and so I think of it as like the body of Christ. Everyone plays such a key important role yeah. in the body of Christ. Every person matters. You matter. Your role matters. My role matters. If I don't do my job, then the whole body can't do its job. And if you don't do your job, then the whole body can't do its job. Then I can't right. do my job. And so if we work cohesively like a body a fully functioning body like mine and yours like the way i can move my hands right now is because everything in my body works properly so when it does when we as a body christian body the body of christ when we work together cohesively and together and are all playing our roles we will impact the world and we will change the world that's great i that is such a good one i love that i want to keep that yeah oh that's it's so good that's really good. I think, but when you take when you take it to an individual point as like it's all about me, it's all about what I'm doing. Oh, I'm not doing this right. Then you're not playing your role. You're not doing your part. Mm-hmm. You've now focused on yourself, and you're not focusing on the ultimate purpose of you evangelizing or discipling this person. Yeah, I think that sometimes people we live very much right now in a time where accomplishments and achievements are considered above everything else. What you can do throughout, especially with your day is considered so important. We're such busy people that we run from thing to thing to thing. And yet at the same time, we're among the most lazy generations ever. Uh, I mean, because things are just instantly handed to us. So it's this very strange paradox of on one hand, we, we must get this done. And on the other hand, uh, well, you know, we can put that off and, and wait. It's, yeah. it's 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 kind of seeping into the ministerial mindset where we have uh, a rush of I must get this done. I have to get these people evangelized yeah. for Christ. But instead, once we recognize, actually, we are called to tell them about Christ. Period. That's it. Yeah. We're not required to do any more. If they accept it, then we'll have the opportunity to then disciple. Yeah. So it, it's kind of like just reminding ourselves that we are such small particles of a yeah. giant plan. Yeah. And to not become overwhelmed or stressed when we feel like we're not being successful. Yeah. If you're in a ministry and, uh, okay, so like, for example, I was reading about this one minister and he went to Papua New Guinea. He was the first person to ever set foot in this region of Papua New Guinea, the first uh, Caucasian person to ever be there. Wow. And uh, the, the people around that area told him, like, you will be the first person to ever interfere with this people group. And he's like, well, okay. So he steps in and he expects, man, these people are going to love me. They're going to expect, you know, this um, instant amazing change. And he shows up and these people welcomed him, but they were not receptive to the gospel because they were like this entire doctrine that this man is bringing this missionary is bringing is opposite of what we believe yeah 
and they were just not receptive. And so he was there, I think, for nine years before one person gave their, their life to Christ. They're just a stubborn people. And so if you feel that, if you feel like, man, I have been a Christian for here for forever, and it just does not seem to be going anywhere, God may be saying, maybe a little dose of patience will help. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I think of what Jake was telling us, like, we're such an impatient generation. Mm-hmm. And Jake is our uh, young adults pastor, and he... <laughs> He did a uh, he did a sermon on waiting on the Lord, like just wait. <laughs> and he gave the analogy of like red lights, like we don't like to wait at red lights, <laughs> and we just we're not patient, like yeah. you said. Like sometimes it just takes patience, and when we're patient, things actually might come a little quicker than we <laughs> want it to, That's instead right. of us trying to force it. Mm-hmm. So I think. Exactly what you said. Just we need to be patient sometimes. And you don't have to force everything. You don't have to force feed it into people's mouths. Mm -hmm. Sometimes all it takes is a seed to be planted Mm, for something to start growing. That's right. So Uh, if that person is receptive, they're going to be receptive. mm -hmm. And if they're not, and if they're not willing or want, like if they don't want to change right now, then cool. But they, like, if if Christ ever comes back to their mind, they're going to think of you. That's right. Mm-hmm. Not not in the like selfish way of like oh, that person, yeah. just such a great per-. like no 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 they're gonna think that person shared about Jesus but I like don't remember anything and if you know how to contact them contact them right yeah it's all it takes is just like like you said all we have to do is just tell them about Christ and that's it and then yeah. once they give it that once they give their lives to Christ then it ultimately is like, oh, now I can share more with you. Right. But first you have to accept him as your Lord and Savior before anything else is going to make sense. Absolutely. Yeah. It's kind of the interesting thing. I was listening to, I, I kind of even hesitate to bring this up, but um, I was listening to this uh, interview today with Elon Musk that someone was giving, and uh, he, he was giving an interview with the same man that played on The Office. I've never watched The Office before, but... Steve Carell? No, it, he played the Dwight, the guy with oh, the kooky hair. yeah, I know what you're yeah. talking about. So he was giving an interview with Elon Musk, and he was asking him, hey, you know, do you... These kind of more spiritual questions. He was getting into his spiritual life, and he was like, you know, do you pray, and do you do you believe in God, or do you believe in a God, or do you believe in a spirit, or, like, what, what exactly do you believe? And I'm going to paraphrase what he said. He said, no, I don't believe in... Uh, a God or I don't really believe in a spirituality and I don't really pray, but I, I, bu- I put my faith in the advancement of humanity through technology. And he was kind of talking about that. And he was asking him some actually some really deep questions. And he was like, you know, people kind of have wondered for years, how could this universe exist without uh, you know, as someone creating it, and and to me, and Elon says, and to me, it just kind of makes sense that uh, it it started small and grew large. It, it it started very tiny, from very simplicity, grew more complex. And he was, I mean, he's a very elegant speaker. I mean, he's he's very smart as a he's very learned. But I, I the first thing that came to mind was how could this brilliant human be so naive yeah exactly and and i didn't feel angry i just felt so sad i just felt this w- kind of wave rush over me i was like this poor guy is so smart and yet he tripped over and missed the most basic step to understanding reality for for all i mean he also kind of said he said i don't exactly understand how someone could believe that a intelligent creator watches over us and then decides where we go after we die that just doesn't make any sense to me. And I was like, oh my goodness, like we're, we, we've got to start real small. And I was kind of thinking about this. This guy has literally built machines that send people to other planets. He's built, gi- he, I mean, he's the richest man in the world. He's the most successful financially human currently in the world. And yet he doesn't even understand how we began, how we started, where yeah. we come from, what yeah. his purpose is. And that is so tragic to me. It's so sad. So, so it was kind of a reminder to me to like, just because, you know, you may struggle or just because you're not financially successful does not mean that you're not, uh, richly spiritually successful, but on the very other hand, don't get prideful. Like, don't think that just because you have been given the answers and just because you found the truth doesn't mean that you're better than him. It just means that by the grace of God, he has plucked you from that same faith. So it, it just kind of reminded me to 
be kind and be patient with these types of people because they're not stupid. They're not dumb people. They're just confused. They're just very befuddled. Yeah, they're confused. They just don't quite understand why. And sometimes I think it's just because no one has ever really taken the time to explain it to them. Yeah. So, you know, just remind yourself that if you come across someone like that who thinks they do know where they came from and, you know, that no, God isn't real, maybe just kind of pose a couple questions to them. You know, just like, okay, so why do you believe that or yeah. uh, you know just because usually <laughs> as as you can see a very poke a little. yeah and a, sometimes even a couple very basic questions will bring people to their kind of mental knees and just kind of be like well i don't know it's like well have you considered this or have you considered that you know what i mean yeah it's just kind of interesting yeah. uh, i know i've been talking for a while so i'm sorry but <laughs> no it's okay <laughs> um uh, i was one of my people that i listen to during the week he makes a very cool podcast uh listen to the michael knowles show if you're interested he's a christian he makes uh all kinds of fascinating podcasts about culture he's like a commentator mm. and he's pro-life and he does all these really interesting things but one thing that's interesting about him is that he actually used to be an atheist uh left-wing uh anti-life uh, uh, abortion pro uh believer and he kind of championed that for years. He's very intelligent. Uh, he has multiple degrees. He's a very smart man. Um, and he <laughs> he was in his 20s, and he had like just graduated college or was still in college. I can't remember. And some, one of his friends, who was a Christian and a pro-life person, but she was still friends with him, she said, Michael, um, why don't you go listen to the speaker? She's coming to the, the, the um, college so uh, or university, excuse me, uh, why don't you go listen to her? She's pro-life, and she has some really interesting things to talk about. And he was like, no, 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 I'm not interested in any of that. Uh, I have it all figured out. I already know all the truth. They don't need to be you know, exposed. And she was like, well, why don't you just go listen to her? I mean, th- what's the harm? If you don't agree with her, then you can show her wrong. And he was like, hey, I like that idea. So, of course, he showed up. And he's like, all right. So he was sitting there, and he said, I had this little notebook with me, and I was taking notes about all the things that she you know, was saying that I thought were wrong. So after this speech that she gave, I walked up to her and introduced myself, and I said, you know, hello, and it's Michael Knowles. I have a couple problems with your speech. And she said, oh, okay, uh, I'd like to listen to what you have to say. Tell me what you don't agree with. And so he said, I started, started you know, rattling off all these ideas about, you know, how you, that's not right, you can't be real, you know, all this stuff. And then within like four minutes, she completely dismantled all of my ideas because she said, and she never got upset. She never even spoke above like a very calm, very peaceful voice. And she just said, for example, one of the things he said was, well, how do you how do you expect these people who are, you know, getting these abortions? I mean, th- there are thousands of women dying from abortions uh, and they're especially with like back alley abortions and illegal abortions. If we legalize it, then these women can be saved. And she said, well, sir, did you know that uh, after quoting those numbers the man who said that all these 5,600 women were dying every year publicly admitted that he lied about that and that 12 women that year had actually died in back alley abortions and I was like no <laughs> and so in a couple minutes she's and she gave me references and like showed me the newspaper and she was like oh yeah it's right here you know you can see it and he said it everything she said was true and so within that week i mean he was a completely different guy and he changed his entire wow. ideology and she never got upset she didn't get mad she didn't wow. like no you're wrong it was very calm extremely factual and it was not emotional it was just yeah. this is just the truth would you like to examine it yeah. And he was like, well, of course I changed my mind because how could I argue with those yeah. types of facts? Yeah, it's that's wow. That's incredible. That's so cool. Yeah, it was awesome. Wow. I think of like so what you were saying with uh, Elon Musk to kind of like backtrack like that's awesome. I'm actually I, I want to check that out now um, to backtrack with Elon Musk, like how he doesn't believe there's this creator and how like so, this infinite creator being can decide where we go and where we like don't. It's so wrong, and that lie is just, it's so irritating Mm -hmm. because we decide where we go. Yeah. If you choose to accept accept Christ as your Savior, you go to heaven. Right. If you don't, you go to hell. Exactly. And he doesn't desire for anyone to go to hell. Yeah. Like, that's not a desire of his because he literally says in the Bible— for God so loved the world, he sent his only begotten son so that who might ever believe in him shall not perish but have eternal life. We're all going to live forever. It just depends on if you want to live in paradise, 
Jesus is the way to do that. Right. And if you want to live in a lake of fire for the rest of time, which does not sound very pleasant, where you're constantly crying, where there's always pain, this suffering, then if that sounds nice to you, mm-hmm. one, you should probably get some help. <laughs> but two, then you don't have to accept Christ as your Savior. Mm-hmm. But I'm telling you, if you want a life that is filled with joy and nothing where you need more than what you already have and that is just pleasant where everyone is happy and joyful and where you just get to enjoy everything except Christ is your savior because there's nothing better than that. There is nothing better than that. Mm -hmm. And I'm telling you, all you have to do is believe. It's just as simple as that. Mm -hmm. And then, I mean, the rest is kind of like, Ooh, now I get to tell people about it. And like you get this urge inside of you to tell people right. and to grow in relationship because it's not just a one and done kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It's not just you saying, hello, I believe you're real. Okay. Now I'm going to go do my own thing. Mm-hmm. It's you continuing in relationship with you, him. He talks to you. He speaks with you. He is literally right next to you the entire, for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. That's right. It's, it's that easy. Yeah. And he has all the facts. Like to round it to your uh, to the story about the guy who was like pro-abortion and like an atheist. Like now, you take a guy who was literally drowning in the ideas of the world, pro-abortion, probably supported homosexuality. Oh was yeah, all that, everything, everything that has come from this world, atheism, like everything that goes against Christianity is now a Christian who has a podcast who's sharing about his experiences and how. The truth set him free. You are ultimately free from everything if you accept Christ as your Savior. You are free from sin. You are free from slavery. It like you are. We are enslaved to this world until we accept Christ as our Savior. So please, 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 I don't want to see anyone that I love and cherish go to hell. I'm sorry, I just don't. It's when and when you give your life to the Lord, you have this like sense of joy and happiness that you just carry about you and you can't help but like just express not to say that you won't ever be sad again or you ever won't get disappointed like we live in a broken and fallen world we we do get sad and we do and we are disappointed and we make mistakes but the beauty is we're forgiven we're clean so like seriously i know that this is a topic that we're trying to talk about evangelism and discipleship But, like, this is the evangelism portion of our podcast. Like, accepting Christ as your Savior is literally the best decision you could ever make. And it changes your life and it changes your future. Mm -hmm. So many of us are worried about our future. Well, hey, if you don't want to worry about your future anymore, just give your life to the Lord and he takes care of the rest. Oh, my word. That's so good. I love that. Ugh. Great. Sorry, I just went on a rant. No, it was. I loved it. It was very good. That's the. That's what it takes. It takes someone with a little bit of gumption to say the truth. Yeah. People are so afraid to say what's real now. One of the things that they were talking about very briefly on their on their episode was they were talking about like, well, no one has ever explained to me where God came from, like how, like how do you spend that, and it, like where did that come from, and wh- what about time, you know, like this whole thing. And so he started talking about that, and I was just standing in the shower after I listened to it, and I was like. Well, this whole idea of, like, where did God come from, the answer very bluntly is there has simply never been a time where he does not exist. Because in order to create something, you have to exist before it. He does not need to explain to us where he came from because there is no (laughs) – it's such a a funny thing to even say out loud because it sounds like it doesn't make sense, but it does. Like I said, there has never been a time where he does not exist. and so He's infinite. Right, and that's the whole idea. And so whenever you start ba- basing your ideas, if you're going to live solely by science and only what you can prove by fact, then you will live a small, very, very tiny, fearful life because I'm surrounded by things that I don't understand. Like I, I go outside or I'm in my kitchen and I pop a, you know, a little pizza pocket in the microwave and I close the door. I push the buttons. I push the buttons because I think – and I believe, okay, this this device is going to warm my food and probably not kill me. <laughs> now I don't understand what those rays do. I don't. I can't explain where they come from. I just know if I close the door and pop in these buttons, and oh, look at there, I'll, I'll have a delicious pizza pocket. 
because I know that's what it does. I don't need to explain it. I don't need to show exactly what it, ha- it does. It just does. Yeah. And so there are so yeah. many things like that. Like I know, okay, wind. I don't know where wind comes. I know I, I have an idea. It, I, it's atmospheric pressure changing. But I I don't exp- I can't explain it. I don't yeah. really know what I just know it does. Yeah. And it, so yeah, yeah, you you can't live your life based on something that is so small. And literally science is ideas that are formulated by what we can observe. Mm-hmm. And so when you when you base your ideas on something that is so wildly shifting all the time. Facts that I mean, okay, this is not meant to be political, so please don't take it like this. Like the uh idea of COVID-19. Not political. So I just want to say that. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to say anything. The stuff that we thought we knew, we didn't. The stuff that we believed at one point changed greatly. And we're talking about something that changed over two years. People had wildly different opinions about what it was, where it came from, what it can do. And so, and that's just one thing that is a, a few-celled organism, you know, a bacteria. And so it's, it's fascinating to think about that, that we can that someone would be willing to risk their entire life and their eternity on something that changes so drastically. We need to set ourselves upon something like the rock where we know for sure that these truths have existed and that they are just as relevant today as they were thousands of years ago. They are just as true now. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's as simple as believing and sometimes you just have to understand that you can't understand everything that happens in the world. Right. You can't. I, it's, no one has really fully comprehended the process of birth and like right. the conception of a child. Yeah. Like how does, how does a sperm cell turn into a living baby? Right. Like I how? don't understand that. Right. We just know it does. It. We just know it does, yeah. and that's how people are born. Right. So, it, learning to accept that and accept, I'm not going to be able to know everything. Scientists right. don't know everything. Yeah, that's right. And everything. Everything happens for a purpose, yeah. and everything has, everything is controlled by something, and that something or someone is God. Yeah. God controls when the, when it rains and when mm-hmm. it doesn't, and when the wind blows and when the seas rot. Like everything mm-hmm. is a part of His creation, and He has control over all of that. Right. I'm I'm sorry. Science is not going to be right 100 percent of the time. Absolutely. Yeah. Because sure. there's always something that we haven't discovered. Right. There was a guy who was giving a speech one time, and he said, he was a pastor, and he said, I had a friend of mine who came to me, and he said, it is impossible that God exists. It just is. You can't prove it. He's never been proved by science. It just doesn't exist. And he said he went over and got a whiteboard and he got a marker and he said, okay, this this little thing I'm going to draw and he drew this giant circle on the whiteboard and he said okay this is all knowledge that is known this is everything that can possibly ever be known what do you think you know of all that can ever be known and the guy went over and he was like uh well I'm going to be honest probably not very much and so he drew like a tiny little circle and he was like okay that's that's maybe what I know and it's like I mean seriously it was like the size of a dime very very small and he said, and yet you said God is impossible. It can't exist. And he was like, oh, you know, I just <laughs> I just completely disproved myself mm-hmm. because I just admitted I, I know so little yeah. about what could possibly be known. Exactly. Well, I mean, I can't say it's impossible. I mean, it's, it could. I mean, yeah. And so it really opened him up to that idea that, you know, that God is real. That, yeah. that it could be real. It's just as funny when people try to take this very cold approach to disproving something. Yeah, and it's like, well, you're you're literally dealing with something that can easily be explained every single time. I yeah. mean, it's never been proved that it can exist, and it's always there's always a way to counterbalance or to counterreact whatever they say yeah. with a very clear logical explanation of, well, that's why we do that, or that's why we believe that. Yeah, someone could be like, I don't believe God's real. And it's like, okay, so prove the prove to me that God is isn't real. Right. It's like that that argument is a silly argument because you can't it it it, uh, it cannot be reversed. It can't yeah. go both ways. So, yeah, it, that it's whole one or the other. Right. Yeah, exactly. It's and like, don't ask me to prove it because there's like there's thousands of different ways I can prove it. Exactly. This scientist was trying to show that carbon dating is so tricky and it just doesn't work. It's not it's not reliable. There was a person who there was a flash flood that happened. I think it was in Iowa, where it 
overtook this farm and these cows got caught in this giant flash flood and then this mudslide. So all these cows died. I think it was like 30 cows that died. And so they, after the tragic accident, they went in and were like, oh man, you know, this is a horrible thing. It destroyed this farm. Hey, I know, let's carbon date these cows. And so they waited and they're like, all right, after they've decomposed, we're going to pull them out of the ground and just get their skeletons. So after, I think it was like two years, they came back and they're like, all right, now we've marked our locations. We can find each cow. So they've dug up all the cows, sent them into the carbon dating, sent them through the carbon dating. And the carbon dating said that they were over 20,000 years old. Two years had gone by, not 20,000. It was the same plot of land that they had come two years beforehand. They were like, okay, we're going to have to run this test again. They did it again. And it was just wild, wildly varying. It was it was insanity. I was like, there is no way you can trust this thing. Yeah, it's 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 just not yeah, that's, reliable. That's so crazy. Yeah, it was that's wild. Insane. Yeah, I yeah. So ultimately, this like the whole point of <laughs> us boiling this down <laughs> is deep topics. There to circle back to the main idea of like what we were trying to talk about was evangelism is not any more important or better than discipleship. Right. Discipleship comes after someone receives the word, the gospel, accepts Christ as their Lord, and that's through evangelism. So they work cohesively. Right. And some people are there like, okay, I just shared the word with you, but I like have to keep going. So here are some people who can help disciple you in this. Mm-hmm. So working together. That's right. And like that's the point. Yeah. So the reason why we just said all that is because we evangelized <laughs> And then we discipled. <laughs> so <laughs> we kind of put it together. <laughs> Absolutely. And I honestly, like, if you if you are an evangelist, yeah. awesome. Mm-hmm. I think it's awesome. What you are doing is awesome, and you are impacting the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. If you are a discipler, awesome. What you are doing is impacting the kingdom of God. Exactly. Because everybody's role matters. Perfectly said, sir. Excellent. Let's move on to... Brian's Brain of Honor. At the end of every podcast, we're going to have a random fact. Okay? Random facts are great, guys. <laughs> These are conversation starters. These They're conversation starters, and they just they boggle your brain. That's right. And if your brain freezes during conversation, you can splurt out an interesting fact. Like, did you know? And they just say something really random. They're brain bogglers. And today's brain boggler is the hashtag symbol is technically called an octothorpe. According to the Merriam-Webster Dictionary, the octo prefix refers to the eight points on the popular symbol, but the thorpe remains a mystery. One theory claims that it comes from an old English village based on the idea that the symbol looks like a village surrounded by eight fields. So there you go. Fascinating. Hashtag Octothorpe. <laughs> I love it. Hashtag Octothorpe fact. I'll remember that the next time I'm caught in an awkward conversation. Did you know? Did you know? <laughs> this is actually considered an Octothorpe. <laughs> and my boss will say, you're hired. You're hired. <laughs> you're, Do you have any man, special talents? This man is a genius. <laughs> Do you have any special talents? Yes. The hashtag is actually called an Octothorpe. <gasps> Octo meaning eight. Thorpe probably means... It looks like a field surrounded by a village, or a village surrounded by eight fields. Einstein pondered that for years and never found it out. You're hired. This guy, in five minutes, looked on his phone and found it out. Yeah, beat that, (laughs) Einstein. (laughs) I'm smarter than you. Look at that. That's awesome. Thank you guys for joining. Brian's Brain Brain of That is it for this week. One thing that we'd like to br- very briefly talk about is Andrew's Book Corner, where we I en- enhance and endorse two books. Yes. <laughs> uh, so one of them is a gifted to me by my good friend, Br- uh, Professor Brian, who hosts our ba- uh, our brain boggler section of the podcast. Yeah. It is a man named Randy Clark from the author of The Healing Breakthrough. It is entitled Intimacy with God, Cultivating a Life of Deep Friendship Through Obedience. It is a very interesting read. If you are looking to delve deeply into how to Improve your relationship with Christ. Read this book. Once again, the title is Intimacy with God, Cultivating a Life of Deep Friendship Through Obedience. The writer is Randy Clark. It's like 20 bucks at Barnes & Noble. It's a great read. 
Uh, and if you're a little bit more interested in an exciting adventure, heart-stopping, seat-gripping, quick on, clench your toes because this is going to be a wild ride, Andrew Claven, one of the esteemed speakers at The Daily Wire, wrote a book several years ago called Nightmare City. Uh, according to RT Book Reviews of Crazy and Dangerous, four stars, Claven's writing is quick, tight, exciting, and intense. That's kind of like my reviews on Amazon. Andrew Claven is an exciting writer. I am m- making my way through. Basically, this is a story about a young man who's a reporter who wakes up and surrounds himself with a city that is no longer what he thought it was. Mm, it's fascinating. Interesting. So, if you're looking for a good read, remember Andrew Claven, Nightmare City. And that is Andrew's Reading Corner. Fantastic. Thank you, everyone, so much for listening to Aleph for the Soul. This has been an exciting episode of many and wide variety. Yes, we love doing, like, these type of episodes, like, just talking about any, like, they just rabbit trail into these, all these, like, different ideas that we can, co- like, come back and circle back to. Absolutely. So, so much fun. And we want to thank you guys for listening. Thank you for joining us this week. Yes. And we'll be back next week. That's right. Please like, share, comment, subscribe, and continue checking Instagram and Facebook for all updates. We will be posting, hopefully, soon. What I'd like to be able to do is begin posting daily for questions and for things that you can comment and ask questions about or perhaps comment on uh, throughout our episode, such as the Super Bowl winner or things like that. Yep. We're hopefully going to do some more contests here. Mm-hmm. Uh, they will include shout-outs and maybe some gifts included. Yes. Uh but yeah, we want to just thank you guys. Your participation is greatly appreciated. Yes, such as Samantha and helps us a lot. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, you're good. Uh, also, such as Samantha Johnson for suggesting that perhaps I speak a little bit closer to the microphone <laughs> due to our new equipment. Uh, by brought to you by Sweetwater, uh, they are an excellent musician source for all podcasting and music production. They have sent us uh, because we paid them a, a new <laughs> sound device that enhances my voice and it makes it much more clear. So hopefully, Miss Samantha Johnson, you will have appreciated my voice coming to you through these airwaves yes we love you guys thanks for joining us peace